and welcome back to the Dunks and Dimes Fantasy Hoops Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Funston, joined as always by the all-knowing Eric Wong, a.k.a. Roto Evil. Uh, you can find Eric on Twitter, at Roto Evil. You can find me, at Brandon Funston. You can also follow all the stuff going on at the Athletic Fantasy Pages, at the Athletic FS. Um, and if you'd like a subscription to The Athletic, which I encourage you to check out, it's well worth it. Uh, you can go to theathletic.com backslash dunks and dimes and get 40% off, which makes it even more worth it. Also gives you access to all of our great NBA podcasts, including No Dunks, Back to Back, Hoops Adjacent with David Aldridge and The Daily Ding, bunch of great, uh, team specific NBA podcasts as well. Uh, so with that business taken care of, Eric, uh, we got a kind of big news last night and kind of a big event. Steph Curry back in action after 58 games out with the broken left hand. Uh, I caught the entire first half of the game and he didn't really look like he's, he's skipped a beat, has he? No, he looked awesome, especially considering how much time he missed. Uh, that was really impressive and, Kind of a good reminder of how special a player he is and how he makes the game easier for his teammates, right? It just seemed to open up the court and there was just a lot more energy and excitement in the, in the crowd and, uh, great to see him back on the court. Yeah, I mean, he just looked like he, uh, you know, he was very comfortable making some crazy shots. He did get picked in the open court. Did you notice that the first half came down and I forget who it was. It might have been Lowry, somebody just straight up picked his pocket but uh other than that there really is not a whole lot to complain about with the 23 points um okay i guess you know we've been expecting this return but why don't you talk about uh what you saw with the rotation you know who are going to be the players that maybe will benefit around him and who are the guys that have been playing you know and getting some minutes and impacting fantasy teams in a positive way that may just kind of fade back into the woodwork Right, so when we talked on either last week or the week before, I had mentioned how I had not added Kai Bowman or Jordan Poole, even though both had had some nice games, and Poole especially was playing pretty well recently, and uh, obviously the main reason was of Curry's impending return, and definitely Jordan Poole did not uh, see his usual minutes, just 16 minutes, did not score a point. And so if you recently added him, you may as well drop Jordan Poole. But uh, for the Wings, it seems to be more of a help with Damian Lee and Andrew Wiggins. They played 36 and 37 minutes, made a bunch of threes, and uh, the game should be a lot easier for them now that Steph's in there commanding so much attention. I think the more interesting thing to watch now is going to be if uh, Draymond Green actually plays <laughs> plays in uh, most of these games the rest of the way or if he's uh going to be a DNP more often than not and uh he's just been so frustrating to own I dropped him in a couple leagues last weekend and I would argue that uh he's been the bigger disappointment this season compared to Curry cuz at least Curry I mean you had to hang on to him for such a long time but as we saw, he returns and he's back to his usual self, whereas Draymond has just been in and out of the lineup, don't know when you can trust him, don't know when he's going to play. So he's been pretty brutal player to own this year. Yeah, you mentioned Draymond Green in your um, articles this week. In case uh, you haven't checked it out, uh, Eric put out his Eastern Conference and Western Conference stretch run primer. And what it is is basically a team-by-team -team breakdown of player tiers. So guys that in tier one are guys that you should be able to 
that are the studs that you'll be able to rely on down the stretch. And I think you factored in basically the idea if you were a stud, but you there's a good chance maybe you'll be sitting out a bit down the stretch that maybe you would slide into tier two. So I, it's a bunch of different factors. But you had Draymond Green down at the bottom of your tier three uh, with the Warriors and um, – had mentioned that he was a guy that uh, you maybe you you would cut bait from. Um, where are you, are you still leaning that way as well? Like um, with with Curry back, do you think this is going to be something that um, maybe motivates him and gets him back going a little bit better than what we've seen this year? Yeah, you think uh, he would want to get back on the court, play with his buddy uh, Steph, and uh, have some have some at least decent games to close out the season. But considering how well Marquise Chris is playing, Eric Pascal, and obviously uh, Steve Kerr wants to give those guys minutes and keep developing them. So uh, I mean, I'm not sure how uh, injured Draymond has been. If it's actually uh, he really has been as hurt as it seems, or if uh, the Warriors are just uh, trying to get their younger guys more minutes. But uh, like I said, I dropped him in my leagues last weekend, and I would probably recommend people do the same. Okay, one more quick thing on, on Curry. He's, you know, he's on a minutes limit right now. They say it's somewhere between 24 and 28. He played 27 out of the gate. How long do you think that's going to last? Do, are we going to see him up in the 30s? Or are they going to kind of adhere to this, do you think, the rest of the way as they sort of coast and, and maybe hope to get the, the best odds of the number one pick? Right. They might uh, bump his minutes up uh, pretty soon and start seeing him play 30 minutes again. But I would also not be surprised if he sits out a, a couple games just to make sure they're not pushing him too much after such a long absence. Okay. On the, uh, if anybody watched the Curry performance, you, you could probably not help but notice Norman Powell going off, uh, on the Raptors side. He had 37 points. He missed most of February with a finger injury. His four games back, he's averaging 27 points, over 27 points. Um, and this is a guy that's 26 years old, been in the league a few years, never averaged more than, uh, Never average. He's always been under nine points a game. So this year he's over 16. And if you, he's had a lot of 20 point games, but I was just kind of curious your opinion on Norman Powell. He's available in over 40% of Yahoo leagues. Just looking at the numbers, seems like he's kind of a, a points steals guy is shooting 50% from the field, but, um, for the most part, not a, a stat stuffer across the board. Yeah, he, he can chip in uh, in other categories sometimes, but uh, doesn't always uh, fill it up uh, across the board. But uh, when his shot's falling, man, he can really score, and he's just playing with so much confidence. You see here, and uh, it's a good example of how when you believe in a player to keep giving them chances because Norman Powell's a guy that I really liked a, a few years back and tried to draft him uh in previous years or pick him up in previous years thinking he was going to get going. And like, uh, when he was on Toronto, I thought, uh, or sorry, when, um, Terrence Ross was on Toronto, I thought Powell was the better player. And yet Ross would usually get more minutes than him and kind of outplay him. And I think we're finally seeing Powell live up to his potential, just playing with lots of confidence. And he's very good on both ends of the ball and I'm a big Norman Powell fan, and obviously with Fred Van Vliet missing games, he's going off right now and should be added and owned in a lot more leagues than uh, he currently is. 
Yeah, no doubt. In the four games back, he's had 36-40 in two 38-minute games. So he's playing a ton of minutes. And I guess, you know, if a guy gets you some steals, gets you some threes, scoring like he is and shooting 50% from the field, uh, absolutely. That's half of the, you know, that's half of eight categories right there. So, uh, definitely worth checking out, picking up. He's on a roll right now. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's go to Orlando. Uh, Evan Fournier is having a very good year. He's been a top 35 value, uh, at least, uh, according to Yahoo leagues, averaging eight, over 18 points, almost three, three pointers per game, one over a steal per game. Uh, he is, according to Josh Robbins of the Athletic, out for likely extended period of time. He's got a sprained elbow. Uh, what's the impact here do you foresee to this Orlando Magic roster with Fournier out? Right. I like the, uh, top 35 Yahoo stat for Fournier that you put in there. That was kind of surprising to me, but it shows you that, uh, a guy doesn't need to be a big time contributor across the board if you're making threes and shooting and scoring efficiently. Uh, with the 47% field goal percentage and still making almost three threes per game, how valuable guys can be. But uh, as I mentioned, Terrence Ross, definitely a, a great uh, injury for him as far as opening up more minutes. He blew up for 35 points and eight threes in his last game. So I'd say he's a must-own player. Definitely rush to add him if he's available. And great for Markel Fultz as well, getting the ball in his hands to be more of a playmaker. And he's been quietly productive and pretty solid for Orlando this year. Yeah, he might have salvaged his NBA career. It was a, it was a you know a good risk worth taking for for the Magic. It looks like it might be paying off for them. Uh, all right, another injury to talk about. Uh, Dwayne Dedman actually in a good. In a good sense, uh, he's been dealing with a shin injury, sore shin. Uh, he's expected back on Friday for the Hawks. They could use a big man, and I think a lot of people in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues at least are thinking the same thing. He's the top – he's the most added player today in Yahoo League. So what are you expecting from Deadman when he gets plugged back in there? Right, so I think that's a combination of Deadman coming back, but then also Clint Cabela being ruled out for a few more weeks and uh, – seeming likely that uh, he might not even return this season. But I still am just kind of lukewarm on Deadman. He has had some big games as a starter, especially in terms of blocks. And, of course, if you're really hurting at the center spot and you need some blocks, then it makes sense. But otherwise, uh, you know, the Hawks want to give all of their guys minutes, and that includes Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. And both, both those guys have been playing big minutes with – Obviously, Kevin Herter and Trey Young in the backcourt. And so they've been kind of playing more small ball. And, uh, you know, Denman kind of has a minutes limit that he's going to play most games. So I would say only if you really need center help would I be looking to add him. Yeah, I, I was just kind of thinking, do, do the Hawks, do you think they're making that deal no matter what for Capella, even if even knowing that maybe he wouldn't be playing for them this year? You think that that was even a factor for them? They just, that was a move they were going to make regardless? Yeah, it seemed like they want to – obviously, I mean, Trey Young is uh, such a liability on the defensive end that they really need a, a rim protector there. And, uh, you know, in the small ball era, you would think that um, John Collins could play center, but they seem to want to play him, like, strictly at the four, which means uh, they need a, a big-time defensive center and, obviously, Roman threat going to the basket and Clint Capella. But I think, uh, you know, there's nothing to play for this season, so they may as well 
fully rest Capella, make sure he's healthy going into next season. Okay, I'm going to give you uh, an assignment. To, I need an answer from you by the end of the pod before we wrap things up. I want you to give me the team that you think will have the largest win improvement from this year to next year. <laughs> All right, so something to, something to file away for for the end of the pod. Uh, gotcha. And, I like that. Okay. Uh, one one other guy I want to talk about since I mentioned the Yahoo most added was Dante DiFincenzo is uh, second on that list, and I mentioned that you had talked about stretch run primers. You went through each team talked about their tears and DiVincenzo is a guy that you say is kind of the filler for anybody who's injured in the starting lineup he kind of steps in so he's averaging I think 15 points his last two games uh are you that interested in DiVincenzo right now what uh what do you think about him being number two on that list today yeah he's definitely had some some very nice games when he's gotten enough minutes uh can really grab a lot of steals rebounds really well from the guards but guard spot and from a per minute standpoint he's very productive it's uh kind of tricky figuring out when he's going to go off because even some games where he has started he hasn't necessarily played that well but uh considering that milwaukee is going to rest their guys probably quite a bit that uh it makes sense that he should be owned in at least deeper competitive leagues because one day Giannis might sit and then maybe the next game Chris Middleton will sit and then Eric Bledsoe will sit. So DiVincenzo should continue to get big minutes and have the ball in his hands more than he has uh on most nights. So I'd say that's a, a smart pickup right there. Yeah, I, I would I, say he's a better pickup than Deadman just because he does a lot more. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's a good spec play. You would expect there will be a decent amount of guys sitting, and uh, as you mentioned, he's he's the kind of the filler. So, uh, all right, let's go to Chicago. The Bulls have been getting a bunch of guys back: Lori Markkinen, Otto Porter. We talked about Wendell Carter returning, but Zach Levine, sore left quad, he is sitting out this week. So, um, Cody White's been great of late, but this is probably just even even more so good for Cody White. Would you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, he took 22 shots last game. He is not uh, afraid to launch it. And, uh, I mean, Levine's big-time scorer. He's had the ball in his hands quite a bit. So Tomas Sadoransky should continue to play 30-plus minutes, but he's more of a distributor, not really looking to score a lot. So Kobe's going to get in there, and he's playing with a ton of confidence. Uh, should have fresh legs, hasn't... Uh, played too much too much uh over the season and i really like it for lowry marketing as well marketing scored 13 points in his uh game back but they are they already threw him in the starting lineup and you figure his uh minutes are going to start ramping up and obviously he's a guy who can really fill it up 20 point threat on any night so i like that for him and uh auto porter had a very strong first game back and then had a dud last game, just two points in 18 minutes off the bench. But uh, it'd be interesting to see if he can get it going. We know that when Porter's on his A game, he's really fills up the stat sheet and uh, can be quite valuable for fantasy. So he's an interesting guy to watch. And then lesser guys would be uh, like Shaq Harrison has been in a starting lineup. He's a very strong defensive player, probably one of the more underrated defenders in the league for casual fans who don't even know who he is. And Denzel Valentine started last game in place of Levine, didn't play a lot of minutes, but is capable of getting hot from outside as well. 
All right, let's talk about uh, another team that's kind of had a temporary injury issue with one of their key players, and that's the Boston Celtics and Jalen Brown, who's dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, sounds like he's feeling better and might be back next week, but, uh, you know, how is uh, the, the next week or so until he's back looking for Boston? I guess, in, you know, we talked about DiVincenzo being kind of the filler for the injured guy. That's sort of Marcus Smart for this team, the Celtics. Oh, yeah, definitely Marcus Smart, their number one spot starter, fill-in fill guy for pretty much any position, any player. And uh, that was concerning watching that game, watching Brown pull up lame with his hamstring, and uh, definitely concerning just because how important he is for Boston and knowing that uh, they have a lot on the line in the playoffs and want to make sure he's 100% healthy, good to go. So even though he says he's feeling better, I'm sure – Brad Stevens is going to be very careful with him and maybe not push him too much as far as minutes and and whatnot. So I think this is really big for Marcus Smart, uh, big for Kemba Walker, considering he just got back from missing time and was on a minutes restriction. But I read that's uh, gonna his minutes will start going up, and uh, if uh, while Brown's out, that's definitely a uh, big boost for all the other guys including gordon gordon hayward and jason tatum as well yeah and hayward uh, as you mentioned in your column uh just kind of uh tweaked his knee a little bit but he's he was day-to-day and it's not going to be anything serious so those guys luckily uh nothing too major on the injury front for those uh those guys kemba and jalen and gordon hayward so boston's in the thick of it there in the east uh all right let's uh you know i've, I've mentioned your um I mentioned your columns, which I think are great. If you're, if you're still highly competitive in your fantasy basketball league, I, I would, it would behoove you to check out Eric's breakdown of each team. Talks about their situation, uh, guys that could potentially sit, guys that could step up, uh, where teams are at. So this is that consideration you have to make for this time of the year because teams that are, you know, firmly in the playoffs, they might start sitting their stars. Teams that are out of it might start playing their, their young bench guys. Um, Given that lens, let's talk about maybe some of the biggest guys that are most likely to get shut down and ha- should have fantasy owners who own them, uh, you know, starting to think about other plans going forward. Right. So previously mentioned Clint Capella with the latest update on him being ruled out for a couple more weeks. It just seeming more and more likely that he's going to be shut down completely. And uh, especially if you're in head-to-head playoffs that are about to start or uh, you just can't afford to carry an injured player right now, then uh, I think you just got to cut bait on Capella, even though he is such a good producer when he's healthy. Uh, okay, so Capella we talked about, and that makes sense. Atlanta, you know, this, this is kind of the theme, I'm guessing, that teams that have injured guys that are out of it are probably not going to push too hard so i think uh someone like derrick rose you throw into that in that mix as well yeah definitely i mean detroit uh one and nine over their last 10 games they're uh ahead of the knicks and the hawks in the standings and uh you figure maybe they're trying to get below those teams to make sure they uh are in the the bottom uh three or four teams there to increase their odds and so with Derek Rose hurting right now, it does not make sense to push him. And, uh, you know, they, they don't have much talent on that team right now, but it, it 
It's yeah. probably what they're going to do, so time to cut bait on Rose. Yeah, speaking of not much talent, uh, I I totally, you know, the one guy I targeted at the NBA trade deadline after things happened was going out and making sure I got Christian Wood and I've been I've been a very happy owner and that's probably one of my better moves I've done all year long, but I want to talk about Christian Wood. Um where do you see him next year? You know, what given how he's played, like if you just kind of had to, you know, roughly peg where you think he might go in drafts, what do you what are you thinking with him? Uh, I mean that's a that's a really interesting question. He, I, I thought he was a talented player uh, back in watching him in summer league when I went to Vegas to watch him. Uh, obviously can can block shots and can shoot it, so he's very intriguing. I don't think he's a, a guy that you would want to be playing uh, starting full time center thirty minutes a game. If I was Detroit, and I'm sure they're they would love to draft a big man. If they uh, get a good enough pick, and it would all depend on if they're able to draft someone, if they're able to attract a quality free agent to uh, to come in, and of course uh, Blake Griffin's health moving forward as well. You think so it's, it's really tough to figure that out. Maybe like a seventy-five to a hundred range kind of guy, or uh, something along that depends on. Depends on how things shake out, I guess. So I won't put you on the spot for that, but I am going to, like I said, I am going to ask you for the biggest win improvement team at the end here. So that one I will demand an answer from you for. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota? What, uh, what's, what do you think they're going to do with him? Yeah. So that's the big name out there. The, the biggest question mark. And it's been, it's been pretty tough as a, if you own Towns, I know in one of my big leagues, uh, I was, very strong, uh, like fluctuating between second and third. And since, uh, he just started missing so many games and I was starting him for a while when he was considered questionable and he was just giving me donuts that did not help. <laughs> and now that he's out, kind of been falling to the middle of the pack. So, you know, towns, uh, towns owners would love to see him come back, give them a late season push. But, uh, and you figure he, he wants to get back on the court as well. He's itching to play especially since they got his buddy D'Angelo Russell uh, for him to play with. And uh, I'm sure he'd like to get it back on the court, but Minnesota has no need to rush him back. So it'll be interesting to watch to see uh, if he does return to the court and when that happens. Yeah, that's definitely the worst kind of donuts to be given for, uh, for sure. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Anybody else on the shutdown list that you think fantasy owners should be uh, wary of? Right, so I, I would say Yaka uh, Podol, the Spurs could shut down now that he's uh, has a injured knee, kind of nursing that. Uh, I mean, they still have the Spurs still have a chance to make this playoff push and get into the postseason. But with Lamarcus Aldridge also hurting right now, I think they're going to fall out of that race pretty quickly. And uh, if any of their guys uh, are hurting, I would I could see them being shut down. So I'd put Podol on there. And uh guy we had talked about, Draymond Green, I don't know if he's shut down candidate, but he's clearly not going to be playing every game. He's clearly not going to be playing 30-plus minutes a game and uh, just uh, very uh, pessimistic about the rest of the season for him. 
Yeah, I guess that's the other thing. The shutdown's one thing, but reduced minutes is going to happen. We know that, uh, you know, uh, as teams are a little bit more locked into their playoff standing, um, you know, especially with the Bucks, you're going to see, we talked about that at the top, you're going to probably see, you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton, uh, get some reduction in time. What are, who are some other guys that maybe you'll, you can look at as like, okay, they're not going to be shut down, but we're going to see them maybe not playing back to backs or just playing less minutes per game. Right, so kind of a frustrating situation that's been happening in Cleveland has been at the center spot with Andre Drummond and Tristan Thompson. Uh, both of them has been, have been missing games recently, and that's especially unfortunate for Thompson because when Drummond has been out uh, and whenever Tristan has played big minutes all season long, pretty much he's put up some really nice numbers and given awesome value considering where he was drafted or been able to pick up off the waiver wire. And so he could have been doing that this whole time with Drummond out, but both guys have been missing games. I've read that they both practiced today. So um, kind of a timeshare situation when they're both playing and you would almost rather see uh, one guy play one game and then the other guy play the next game. And the Cavs might actually do that just because you can't really trust what they're doing, how much they're going to play these guys. But I would be a little bit concerned if you own either of those guys. Yeah, it's like they don't care about fantasy owners, you know, and they're <laughs> – I don't think they do. <laughs> All right, anybody else on the reduced minute, uh, you know, watch – yeah, another big man I've been holding and uh, was hoping his minutes would ramp up, but I'm not too sure if that's going to happen, is Thomas Bryant, uh, just because they're being very careful with him. And uh, you do have Mo Wagner, who has kind of had a breakout season, was very strong earlier in the year, and uh, you figure the Wizards will want to play him as well and uh, be cautious with Bryant. So I would say he might continue to get those reduced minutes and maybe sitting out back-to-backs as well. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's, you know, you're talking about things that are going to shake our faith in, in certain players and stuff going forward. But let's tell us what, let's flip it to maybe teams that we can trust, uh, going forward. Uh, you know, ripe fantasy situations with teams that maybe are going to continue as it, business as usual, uh, down the stretch. Yeah. So my three favorite teams right now for fantasy also happen to be the three highest scoring teams since the All-Star break, and those are the Rockets, Pelicans, and Miami Heat. And so there's lots of reasons to like these teams. Uh, as I said, they have been scoring the most since the break, but they also have kind of short rotations, right? It helps that uh, certain players are hurt. So right now for the Pelicans, J.J. Reddick's out. For Miami, Tyler Hero's been out. And uh, that just kind of shortens the rotation, gives more minutes for everybody, and uh, obviously the Rockets have played uh, kind of with a short rotation all season long. And uh, it just means reliable minutes for the rotation guys. And because they're playing on potent offenses, just big games potential for everyone around. And so it's great when you see those Pelican games and you see Zion with the huge game, Ingram with the huge game, Drew Holiday with the big game. And so that's just great for fantasy owners. So those are the three teams I like the most right now and kind of trust the most to have guys on their teams. Yeah, I was just looking Eric Gordon and Russell Westbrook out uh, for Saturday. So if you're if you're playing DFS, there might be an opportunity there for maybe who? Who would you who could you see maybe stepping up in in the absence of Gordon and Westbrook? 
You know, I I like Austin Rivers. I think Austin Rivers is uh, more talented than people realize. Uh, you know, he had a very slow start to his career, and then when he joined the Clippers, people kind of thought it was more of a joke, like him playing for his father. And since he left uh, the Clippers, I thought he's really blossomed into like a very solid uh, offensive and defensive player. And he's had some big games when he gets the chance. Hasn't played big minutes too many times this year, but I could see him uh, kind of having a nice game and being very good value for DFS. Yeah, you know, the Rockets went on such a nice run, and now what have they lost two in a row to the Knicks and the, the Clippers? Kind of have a little hiccup here, but uh, you, you can usually count on uh, them putting up the points regardless. Um, so there you go. There you go. Maybe Austin Rivers, a sneaky DFS play for Saturday. Uh, that's Eric's call. I like it. Uh, Eric, we're kind of at the end here. Again, I'm going to put you on the hook for the team that's going to improve the most next year in terms of wins. But before we do that, uh, we always like to look at the weekend uh, slate, see what you're interested in, what you might be tuning into uh, uh, on the NBA hardwood. So what are you looking at for uh, this weekend? Yeah, so definitely an awesome doubleheader tonight with the Heat and Pelicans and then the Lakers and Bucks. Those are two great games. I'm going to go hang out with my family, and I'll uh, watch those games with my nephews. They have a big tournament coming up tomorrow, so that'll be good to watch those games with them. And Sunday, you got to watch Lakers versus Clippers. Uh, the Clippers have had their moments this season where they haven't played that great, kind of had their ups and downs, but they blew out the Rockets last night uh, on a six-game win streak, and so I think this is a great time to see how these two teams stack up against each other. And are we going to see all the stars playing in that one? I hope so. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and you mentioned the Friday, you know, I, I kind of looked at the lakers Bucks, but uh, it's pretty interesting you the the you know two of the top three teams that you have down for teams that you can trust are facing off in the heat and the pelicans as you mentioned so uh that should be a good one uh all right tell people who you think the the biggest improvement team is going to be next year you've had time to think about it <laughs> even though i've been right so pilfering you with so questions the whole time but go ahead give us your give us your uh most improved right so uh going through this list here you know, you'd be focused on teams that are under 25 wins right now. One interesting team uh, in the East could be Brooklyn, right, if Kyrie comes back, and obviously they're going to have Kevin Durant, so they could have a big turnaround. The Hawks could have a big turnaround. They're only at 19 wins right now. In the West, uh, I would say um, the Pelicans, right, they're 26 and 36 right now. They could be much improved with the full season of Zion. But obviously the the smart pick is the Warriors with, at 14 and 49 getting Steph back and, and Clay, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be uh, active in free agency and teams are still going to want to play for them and they're going to get a top draft pick. And so smart money. <laughs> yeah, that's actually kind of a cheat. I think you're right. I mean, that's that's fair for you to say that. I kind of forget about that, but um yeah, they'll have Clay and Steph back and even Brooklyn with Durant and, and Kyrie that could be a huge improvement. I think but I would I would, I think you're right on the Pelicans and the Hawks if you're just looking at teams that kind of are what they are and will be with you know, going to be mostly the same next year. You can see with their young rosters, uh, seeing a lot of improvement there. So, uh, great stuff, Eric. Um, 
that is going to do it for this edition of Dunks and Dimes. Thanks again for listening. Again, you can follow me at Brandon Funston on Twitter. You can follow Eric at Roto Evil. Uh, be sure to check out his columns this week if you're fighting for your fantasy playoff lives in in uh, in fantasy hoops. Great stuff. East Coast, Eastern Conference, Western Conference stretch run primers, well worth the read. Uh, and if you don't have a subscription to the Athletic, go to theathletic.com/dunksanddimes. You can get forty percent off there. And if you enjoy this podcast, uh, which you can access on iTunes and Spotify, we would love for you to give us. Uh, uh, a rating and review and uh, that would be much appreciated so until next Friday uh, have a great week and we'll talk to you then